on the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. God is So what if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Today, now, with us, the manger proclaims that the very presence of God is now present with us. In the mundane, in the uncertainty, in the mystery that lies beyond our understanding or explanation, God himself is with us in our joy and our happiness. He's with us in our sadness and our brokenness. He celebrates in the light with us, and he holds us in the dark with faithful and secure arms. What if the name Emmanuel means what it means? Christmas not only begs that we ask that question, but also provides the answer that our hearts have been longing for all along. Can this possibly be? Yes, it can. And it is God with us, Emmanuel. And he's closer than our wildest dreams can ever imagine. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And so welcome again this Christmas Eve. I'm gonna invite you to join with me in prayer. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of the word. Uh, Heavenly Father, you have come to be with us, and we've come to encounter you. Lord, as we see the beauty of Jesus once again, change us, transform us, and comfort us. In Jesus' name, amen. And so now it's the time. It's time to celebrate, to bring out the ugly sweaters and Christmas dresses, to celebrate with eggnog and nutmeg, if any of you drink it, to celebrate with Christmas presents, with family and friends, that God has come to be with us, hallelujah and amen. And we celebrate Jesus, who as fully God became fully man. We celebrate his humanity, how he dove deep to unravel the mystery of mankind's suffering, insecurities, and fears. We celebrate his deity, his power and perfection, gasping, astounded at the thought that there is one built who could never fail us. This is Jesus the Lord. He is the hope of the world. He is the Savior from sin. He is the epicenter of all beauty because of an unparalleled love that is found in him alone. He is the light that broke the darkness. He is the one who come to win us, and he won us, friends, to an existence where darkness has no place at all. It's vanquished because he himself is the light. Merry Christmas and amen. And I guess we're done here, right? That was the lesson. No, I'm not done yet. And I want to welcome you if you're just a visitor at this place. Maybe you don't consider yourself a Christian. Maybe you're just new to amazing love. Uh, I want you to know you're welcome here, and we hope your time with us is blessed. Surrounded with you, this group, this gathering, it's just a bunch of imperfect people. We don't have it all together, and we don't claim to. 
But we do claim to have found hope and comfort in Jesus, so welcome once again. And to get things going this Christmas Eve, I wanted to talk about a Christmas story. Uh, not the one from Luke 2 quite yet, but the one from TBS. Is anyone going to tune into the Christmas story marathon? Anyone? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so many memorable parts about this movie, aren't there? There is the double dog dare and a tongue sticking to a pole, right? There is how scary Santa Claus should be, and, 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 and that's crazy. He's supposed to be a nice guy. And there is the old punishment for a foul mouth. Does anyone remember what the old punishment for a foul mouth is? Washing your mouth out with soap? I won't tell you if that happened to me. It might have. But I think what really this movie is about, it's about wanting the wrong thing. For example, you know that the character wants the wrong thing, and, and maybe you can just join with me, tell it what it is. He wanted a leg lamp, which was crazy and bad, right? I, I'm kidding, by the way. Do you know you can find your own leg lamp? This was found in Wisconsin. They're crazy up there, my brother-in-law. Do you know if you go to Amazon, you can have it primed to you in two days? I don't recommend this, but, but this is the wrong want. And it wasn't just the father, but okay, let's get to Ralphie. What did Ralphie want that he shouldn't have wanted? He wanted the BB gun, right? And he shouldn't have had it because what was going to happen, he was going to shoot his eye out, right? And, um, and he almost did, right? But what I recognize is it brings up something very, you know, true about the human condition, and that is this, that we often want the wrong thing. And here's what I know. Some of you parents know this. Some of you got the Christmas list, and you're like, yep, that's not happening. <laughs> you cannot have an electric bike. You're going to break your leg, and you're only four years old. Sorry. Right? Some of you right now did the more unfortunate thing. You bought the wrong thing. It is now wrapped. It is under the tree. But you know, you know, they're going to play with it twice. It's not even going to last till next year. Right? You know it. We want the wrong things. Like, Another cookie or more activity or more stuff, and that's just the human condition. In fact, if you're a Christian, you can read this book called Judges. It's all about people who just radically went after what they wanted, and it was a complete and utter debacle. Chaos ensued. It's, it's crazy. But I know in America, it's probably hard to relate to this concept of people only wanting what they want. I know that when we drive, it's hard to relate to to other drivers who only care about where they're going and what they want to do. I know that's hard to relate to. I know that when you've been shopping, it's been hard to relate to people cramming into those lines and playing the line game and that burning sensation when you pick the wrong line and the light goes and they have to check the item. You can't relate to that at all. Or can we? Surrounded by a society of people who want what they want, regardless. Which is why I love the true Christmas story. So we're going to talk about that. And in this series called God With Us, we've been focusing on the fact that when God is with us, with his presence comes many presents. And tonight we focus on this fact, that God came to be with us to give us what we need. Not just the wants, but the needs. We look at the story through the lens of the gospel writer Matthew and Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, and as the angel appeared to, to Joseph, they gave him the name Jesus because Jesus means he saves. And it went on to say that, that he would save people from, he will save people from. And I wonder on this Christmas Eve, what would you want God to save you from? If you could fill in the blank with anything. I think as I encounter people, we have all different answers. God, save me from debt. 
Man, if I was financially free, I'd be a completely different animal. It'd be awesome. Save me from a bad economy. Do you hear the feds raise the interest rates? What's going to happen? Ah! Save me from a bad relationship. Save me from my health circumstance. Save me from these crazy emotions that get me down. Save me, Lord, from... What will he save people from? From their sins. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's get into the word. It's recorded from Matthew. It's, it's writ- written before you in your worship folder. It's also going to be on the screen for you. This is, uh, the gospel writer is Matthew, a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus for years and recorded this account. And this is the Christmas story through the lens of Joseph, Jesus' earthly father. We're going to read the whole account and then to explore it together. So it says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. So this is the word. We learn why Jesus came and what he was here to do. Could you turn to the person next to you and tell them, he will meet all your needs. He will meet all your needs. Ready for a good Christmas? Does anyone want it to be like the best Christmas ever? It's like always my dream, like the best Christmas ever, right? Well, speaking of which, some people, I think, are having the best Christmas ever. Have you guys heard about this Walmart layaway payoff? Anyone? I first heard it in New Orleans, where the owner of the NBA Pelicans, Gail Benson, uh, she went to a local Walmart, spent almost $100,000 to pay out 400 items at a Walmart layaway. Uh, Then I considered Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry, inspired by this idea, he spent almost a half a million dollars, went to two Walmarts in Atlanta to pay off all those layaway items. The story's inspiring, isn't it? It inspires me to go to Walmart and put something on layaway. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you think about those secret Santas and what they're doing. I'm going to take what I have so I can help you. I'm going to sacrifice, whether it be a half a million, whether it be a hundred thousand, I'm going to give to you. And for me, I think it's, it's very close to the true heart of Christmas. Because as we're exploring the story tonight, as we're getting into it, here's what you need to know about Christmas. That Christmas is a time of selfless sacrifice. I think that's the true heart of what we've come to celebrate. I was reminded of this as uh, my wife was doing her preschool uh, program. And if you've never been to a preschool program where these little ones are dressing up like the Magi and Jesus and Mary and all of that, that's, it's pretty awesome. They don't dress up like Jesus. I got that wrong. But anyway, uh, Mary and Joseph. <clears throat> 
And when she was giving that speech, she was telling about one Christmas in particular where her parents sacrificed. For she wanted a blue turquoise bike. And she is one of seven children. Her dad was a pastor. And she knew this would blow the Christmas budget to get the blue Christmas bike. And so she went to the Christmas and she only saw a box. And the box led to another box. And the box led to another box. And these were breadcrumbs that finally led to a blue turquoise bike. She got it. But as she got it, she wondered, what did my parents have to sacrifice? Did my siblings not get other presents? What happened so that they could do this for me? Now, maybe there's a a child here who knows what it is to have a parent sacrifice. Maybe right now this Christmas you're sacrificing something for someone else. And now I look at Joseph's story. Consider Christmas from the lens of Joseph once again. So Joseph, again, the earthly dad of Jesus, who is engaged to a bride. And you think of all the hopes of engagement, if you've ever been there, all the hopes and dreams of a marriage, and then you hear that your bride-to-be is pregnant. And instead of creating a clever story, she says, and it's from the Holy Spirit. Okay, I've heard a lot of fishtails, but, right? Well, then the angel appears and clears up the story. Yes, it really was an angel. Don't worry, Joseph. It is from the Holy Spirit. But his Christmas doesn't get better, does it? So now he's going to take this bride and the whole culture is going to create a stigma upon this couple and upon their child. Different age. Stigma about having a child out of wedlock. They're going to have to endure that. He will get married, but he won't consummate the marriage until nine months after when Jesus is born. And then when Jesus is born, they have to flee for their lives to Egypt because this baby needs to die. At least that's what Herod says. If you look at the story through Joseph's lens, that very first Christmas, it's about sacrifice. But then consider Jesus. What was this baby born to? Was he born into a life of luxury? Was he here to have a a Griswold Christmas filled with eggnog and nutmeg and, and filled with lights and Christmas bonuses? Is that why he came? No, he was part of a peasant's household. Did he come to pursue the American dream? Because America, man, we're getting that dream right, aren't we? We all are as happier as ever we we could ever be because we have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and that is working well for all of us, isn't it? Or not? No, he came to be a servant. The king of kings becomes servant of all, and he doesn't pursue his happiness. He pursues the noblest mission, which is the rescue of mankind. And to give us what we truly, truly needed. And what is it that we needed again? Well, to talk about this, isn't it true? You don't know what you don't know. In fact, sometimes things need to be revealed to you for you to actually know them. I remember being new to the Chicago area, driving off of Harlem, and there was this restaurant called Portillo's. And I did not enter Portillo's until living here for like six years. I kid you not. Because every time I drove past, I'm like, that's a fancy sit-down restaurant. Too hoity-toity for the likes of me. Little did I know, and no one told me, that it was a hot dog stand that serves the best Italian beef sandwiches in the area. It was only three years ago that I found out about Frango Mints. 
that in the bottom of what used to be Marshall Fields, there was this magical bakery where the Chicago elves magically put as much chocolate as possible into one single box, but I didn't know. I didn't know what it would take for the Bears to dominate again. Didn't know if uh, Erlocker had to be immortal and ageless or have hair. Didn't know if uh, Walter Payton needed to be reincarnated. I didn't know. Needed Khalil Mack and Matt Nagy. That's what you needed. But you don't know what you don't know. Well, it's true of the human condition, isn't it? We don't know what we don't know, and, and sometimes it's hard to deduce what we actually need. In fact, it doesn't help. The, the prophet Jeremiah says something about the human condition. He says, you know what? The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Which is to say, you and I lie to ourselves about what we think we need and don't need and what that is. In fact, right now, you could say, what I need is this. What I need right now, I need better balance in my life. That's all I need. What I need is more money. That's all I need. What I need is a better job position. What I need is for everyone to get along. What I need, I don't know what your need is. But God does. And I I know if you're new to Christianity, it's going to take some humility. It's probably going to rub you, maybe even the wrong way. I'm not sure. but, But I believe there's someone higher than me. It's a faith thing, I I grant you, I can't logically prove that. But I believe there's someone who stands above and knows more than I know. And there's a psalm that tells me this. Psalm 139, it says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down, you're familiar with all of my ways. So what I find is that this God, he knows me better than I know myself. I believe in a God who picked out my birthday and who made this crazy, complex concoction of DNA to make me just who I am and to make you just who you are and to put you where he placed you. There's a God who knows you, and this is the thing about that God. He knows what you need. And he's known what mankind has needed ever since the beginning. When the first man and the first woman, Adam and Eve, had rebelled, he knew what they really needed was not more money. What they really needed was not less stress. What they, what they really needed was not a better garden. What, what they needed was an answer for sin. And we have the same need, friends. See, unfortunately, we all are imperfect. We say, do, and act loveless. And these sins, they're, they're a bigger deal than sometimes we would grant These sins not only separate us from God, but they deserve punishment, not only in this life, but also in a real place that Jesus talks about called hell. So what we need is that answer. And the greatest need at Christmas, then, is a need for forgiveness. And if there's some part of your soul that believes this, then you have the right to peace this Christmas. Because God made a plan for that need. That plan was revealed in John 3.16 where he said, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I was listening to another pastor and he set up this dichotomy of what it was like for God the Father to send off God the Son. And it kind of reminds me, I don't know if there are any parents here who have ever sent their children off to anything, sent their children off to college uh, right now, my eldest daughter, Bella, she's here. Uh, she wants to go to MLC. 
Thank you, Bella. And, and I consider what it's like, uh, what I might tell her as she's being sent off to MLC. I might tell her, young, young lady, um, make sure to do your homework. Uh, do not go to Jackpot Junction. It's, it's a bad casino, a waste of time and money. It's a temptation. Mind your P's and Q's. Study hard. And she might ask me, well, Dad, uh, is it going to be comfortable? Is the food any good? Will, will people like me? And I would tell you, yes, the food is good. In fact, uh, in the cafeteria, there is ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's just always available. Nadia wants to go now, too. Just convinced her. My recruitment lesson. And, uh, and I would tell you that uh, it's not going to be completely comfortable. New Alm is cold. But they make fuzzy hoodies and warm socks, so we'll send you off with those. And then finally, don't worry about if people like you. You're my girl. If they don't like you, they're missing out. You'll be fine. That, that's what a send-off might sound like. But what about God the Father sending God the Son at Christmas? God the Father might say, you know, son, they're... they're they're not going to like you. Most of them are going to hate you. The people who are promising to stick by you are going to betray you, stab you in the back, and desert you. Jesus might ask, well, is it going to be comfortable? <laughs> God the Father about that. <clears throat> First, you're going to enter the womb of a woman for nine months. When you come out, you'll smell the stench of animals. You're born in a barn. They're, they're going to place you in a feeding trough where, where animals eat out of. After that, you're going to have to escape for your life. People will want to kill you. It doesn't get any better. Every day, you're going to have to mind your P's and your Q's. You're going to have to never fail. You're going to be tempted head on by the devil, and you can't give in. And your life is going to culminate in the worst way. It's going to culminate at the cross where you will suffer and die. But Jesus... Jesus, it's worth it. Because on the other side of the cross is a group gathered on Christmas Eve at Amazing Love. On the other side of the cross is everyone's need met once and for all. At the other side of the cross is forgiveness and redemption for any and all who hold out hope and faith in Jesus. And so he came. And I remind you, dear friends, that he came for you, he lived for you, he died for you, he rose for you to give you a victory that cannot be stolen. And I need to remind you, if, if you're new to this place or if you don't consider yourself a Christian, this is for you. This Jesus, he is the hope of the world. Christmas miracles are possible because we have the right to peace because of Jesus. But I consider with you how he came and what form. I consider, I marvel at, the king of kings, the creator of mankind, coming as an infant. Now, at Amazing Love, we know a little bit about infants because we've had a baby boom again this year, which is awesome. Love babies. And you think of how babies are. Aren't, aren't they always needy, like, all the time? They come into the world completely needy. And one of the things I need you to do is to hold them. And maybe some of you moms can relate to the strength it takes to hold a baby for so long. Your back is screaming, you know, you're trying to hold for hours at a time. I remember as a father, like, wow, I played football and wrestling, but I cannot hold this baby more than a half an hour, right? And I remember wondering, am I actually doing it right? 
Because the baby's just squirming and screaming and wanting for the better option, which is mom, right? And, and wondering, am, am I actually doing it right? Well, I want you to consider Jesus being held by Mary. And I wonder, at any point, did the perfect baby look at the imperfect mother and say, Mom, you're not getting it right. I wonder, you know, Mary had swaddling clothes. Did Jesus want to teach her a lesson on how to swaddle? In fact, I think at one point or another, he had an experience like this other preschool program that I want to show with you. Uh, look at how Jesus is held at this preschool program. Here we go. <clears throat> this is a sheep, by the way. It gets worse. I really blame the teacher for waiting that long, right? But go with me here. At one point or another, Jesus' experience was probably similar to that at one point. Where he had the need to be held and people were not getting it right. I'm not sure if sheep stole him, probably not. But, but at one point or another, he knew what it was to, to want to be caught, but not being caught very well and not being held very well. And then this Christmas, I want to do a role reversal. I know there are many ages here represented, but in the eyes of an everlasting God, we are all infants to him. And I want to consider what it is to be held. Because I believe at Christmas, we all have the need to be held. And some of you, you want to be held because you're missing someone who cannot be with you. You're not home for the holidays or someone's not home with you. And all you want is to be held. Some of you are so emotionally and physically spent that you're waiting for someone to catch you. Some of you are in a situation that honestly just isn't going very well, and all you want is for someone to hold you. And here is why I praise the humanity of Jesus. Because the one who himself was held knows exactly how to hold you. Let me say it again. The one who himself was held knows exactly how to hold you and the tender touch that you need. I praise God for that. In fact, what God can do for us, it reminds me of another Christmas classic, Home Alone 2. And uh, some of you remember the Rockefeller tree scene where Kevin McAllister finally meets with his mom and is just held. This is the offer of Emmanuel, God with us. This is the offer of God who says, no matter where you go, no matter how old you are, no matter what season of life, I will be there. And you know what I will be there to do? I will be there to hold you fast by my right hand. To give to you what you cannot give to yourself, the comfort and peace, the tender touch that you truly need now and forever. Dear friends, take up Emmanuel on his offer.
But as we close this Christmas, one final thought. And that is, I recognize that for many people, Christmas is a time of loss. Some of you may have heard the story of the two Chicago police officers who lost their lives, and Christmas is going to look different for their families, for the kids and the wives who don't have dad around. For me, it reminds me of growing up, and my grandfather was called to heaven on Christmas Day. Christmas is a time of loss. I consider as we get older, we recognize that I'm always losing something. It's not the way it was as a child. I'm not gaining things, I'm giving things, and things are being taken away, whether that be people, whether that be time, whether that be health. Christmas for many is a time of loss. But friends, Emmanuel, God with us. God can be with you more than any other person. See, no one else has your same birthday and no one else will be taken on your same day, but God promises, I will always be with you. And God says it doesn't matter where you go. You could rise on the wings of the dawn. You could settle on the far side of the sea. You could live in the Chicago suburbs or somewhere that is by necessity less than. And it doesn't matter. I'll be there to hold you, to guide you. Yes, this is our God. And what I would close with is this thought that Christians have found for millennia and ages that, that if God is there, and if God is all I have, then I have all I need. For he is the hope of the world. He is the only love that matters. He's the only constant presence that can always bring comfort and joy. So friends, do you believe? Do you believe that the baby born in Bethlehem knows how to hold you? Do you believe? Believe that the maker of heaven and earth knows how to help you? Do you believe that the giver of every good thing knows how to provide for you? And do you believe that the author of unfailing love knows how to be the strength of your heart and your portion forever? Believe it. God is with us, and in him you have all you need. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God which transcends our understanding may it guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we continue by confessing a common faith. We'll use tonight the Christmas Creed. I invite you to join together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who sent his Son as my Savior on Christmas Day. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free us from all sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in the Christ of Christmas, by whose work in my heart I'm ever led to lay before the feet of Christ the treasures of my love, and live under him as my king, both now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we continue with our offering, but if you're visiting today, please don't feel obligated to give a gift. Uh, you could fill out those connection cards, though, and place them in the baskets. That way we can thank you for being here. I've heard about 
this baby boy who's come to earth to bring us joy. He's mighty God and our Prince of Peace. Now unto us a child is born. We've got good news, no more forlorn. With every breath I'm singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Of angels led them all to you. 